630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Latest from the NHL. 14 minutes left in Toronto. Maple Leafs up 6-2 on the Senators. Eight and a half minutes left in Washington. Capitals leading the Sabres 3-1. Early second period in St. Louis. Blues with a 1-0 edge on the Sharks. Blue Jackets lead the Predators 2-0 early in the third. Partway through the third, Penguins up 2-zip on the Islanders. Early third period in Philly, it's 1-1 Flyers and Rangers. And about five minutes into the third in Boston, Devils leading the Bruins 3-1. NBA tonight, Raptors at halftime, 58-41 lead on the Bucks. Powell has 17, Siakam has 13 as the Raptors trying to claw their way back to 500. They're 13 and 15 right now. Oilers tomorrow in Calgary, 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Ched, game coming up at 7. And I'm going to welcome to the program. Now, I have not interviewed this, this individual before, but I do know he spent a good chunk of his life in Manitoba. So he might not be too pleased with the result last night. I'm not sure as we bring Nolan Teeson onto the show. Nolan, uh, still, I know, and I know you're very connected to Alberta as well. But uh, are you are you a new uh, fan of the new era Winnipeg Jets? Was that a disappointing game for you yesterday? Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't too pleased with the result. I'll I'll say that uh, my my kids were fine with it because my kids are all Oilers fans. But uh, I. Uh, no, I, I grew up as a uh, Dale Howard was my hero, so I took a running jump back on the Jets bandwagon when they returned. So, yeah, I wasn't too pleased last night for sure. Well, Dale Howard was awesome, and it was so sad to to lose him during the Stanley Cup playoffs last year. But, uh, yeah, for you growing up in that era, he, he was uh, an absolute star for sure. Yeah, I mean, everybody talks about Lemieux scoring in 87, but I, uh, I, I love the... Uh, not called interference on Dale there in the in the neutral zone. I love that little pitchfork. That's the, that's uh, that's sort of the thing that I love most about that play. Yeah, yeah, not a penalty if it's not called, right? It's just professional <laughs> interference. That's that's all he did. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but, but, P- Pilot Mound, Manitoba. Is that your original hometown? Where is that? Yeah, that's uh, South Central Manitoba. It's really close to the American border. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I was born, and and. Uh, Lived there till I was about four, and and they they still claim me. And uh, I actually went back there. I went back there a few years ago and did a kids curling camp and all that stuff. And somehow someone had one of my jerseys, so they had a Team Canada jersey of me up in the in the rink. So it was pretty cool. Oh, awesome stuff. Well, we I want to talk to you obviously about what's coming up because uh, it, it's a it's a big uh, sequence of events here happening. And of course, now you're the director of events for Curling Canada. But I always love looking back uh, on some of the the highlights of your career. I mean, you're a three time Briar champion. You're you're a world champ. You, you know, you you finished on the podium in a lot of different events. Where, where did it start for you? Like, was curling a first love? Did you get to it into it maybe a little later in life? Where did it start? Well, I actually started, I was, uh, I mean, I, I started paying attention to curling kind of in the, the late 80s, early 90s. And, and uh, you know, when Vic Peters, Jeff Stoughton and Kerry Burtnick sort of went on their runs there in Manitoba. And I actually lived in Brandon when we hosted the Worlds in, in 95 and Burtnick won. Um, so that's kind of where I got bit with the curling bug. But I was a baseball guy. I was playing ball down in the States. And then sort of when I came back home um, after I was done with ball, is when I uh, I kind of picked curling back up again and then and uh, started to chase that dream. What, what what position were you in baseball? I was a pitcher. 
Okay. We, okay. Maybe this, Nolan, this could be my stupidest question of all time, but I'm going to ask it because it might be a good answer. Any, any baseball movements or technique that helped you in curling? Um, baseball movements. I think the biggest thing for me, I always say was just the pressure of being a pitcher and standing on the mound and everybody being looking at you. Um, and then, you know, I think at curling, we have a lot of that where you're throwing and everyone in the whole building's watching you. Uh, but in terms of movements, no, no, there, there wasn't too much crossover there. And I mean, especially pitching, it was just, I could throw hard. So that's why I was a pitcher. Yeah, so, so embracing the mental side of the game, which is something I've talked to a lot of curlers about over the years. Was there a moment for you where you sort of realized, like, to use a coarse term here, I'm not crapping my pants anymore when I got a big shot? Or were you always confident that it never weighed on you that way? No, you know what, actually, we had, I had the, the worst moment of our career was um, at uh, one of our, one of the first provincial finals I played in with Kevin Gooey, we had a draw to the eight foot to beat Kevin Martin in the 10th end, and we threw it through, and then we had a draw to beat him again in the 11th end, and then later, and we threw it through, so um, we went through a pretty awful moment, and we all went through that. And uh, we we worked with our sports psychologist and figured out what we needed to do in those types of moments to be ready. Um, and so I was lucky enough to have a couple opportunities to sweep the draw to the button in the extra end. And I actually caught myself both times thinking, wow, this is a draw to win the briar. And then thinking, okay, no, you got to concentrate on what you need to do here to get, make sure your skip's ready and clean the path and what are you what are you looking for how what do you need to do to execute this shot not the fact that this shot is to win the briar so those that's the that's the biggest thing right with with all athletes is the outcome is going to be the outcome um you just got to focus on what you're doing in the moment and what your process is and then you know let your talent take over that's why I love asking curlers that question maybe a little bit similar to golf as well because you have time to think about the shot I mean, oh, yeah. I've interviewed a lot of football players and hockey players and, and those types of sports where you ask about a big play and they say, well, I just have to react. Or a football yeah. player will say, well, you know, the play came into the huddle and I had to go line up and run the pattern. I didn't have time to think that it was, you know, third and 15, right? Yeah. But, but, but curling and golf, you, you start to think about it and you start to think about the consequences. And to me, that's what makes those sports uh, stand out from some others. Yeah, I mean, like golf, you got the, you know, those guys on tour, they got a 300-yard walk up to the ball, just and they're thinking about their next shot, and you know it's into the 18th at Augusta or something, right? Like you, you got a little bit of time, and it's the same as us. I mean, I remember both times that that we had a draw was to win, or you know the skip puts the broom down, and they slowly come down the ice, and you know that takes 10 seconds, and then they're so I mean you're you have time to understand what the moment is about. Um, and, and then have to figure out a way to to not think about that piece of it and think about what you've done however many other times to execute a shot, right? Yeah. Nolan Thiessen joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Tell me about the, the transition to working for Curling Canada. How did that come about? I had a, you know, I obviously wanted to uh, continue to do stuff in, in my sport if I could. I kind of saw the writing was on the wall a little bit and I was 
just kind of feeling down with it. I didn't want to compete anymore. Um, and then I got a pretty good offer from my now boss who was like, you know, if you're ever, if you're ever thinking about not playing anymore, um, let us know. We could likely use you. And then, um, you know, funny, I called her back and I said, funny enough, about five months later, I said, you know, well, I am done now. So if you have something for me and just kind of done a few things and gotten exposure to a bunch of different areas with the sport. And, um, you know, I just, it's really cool to, I know how much these events mean to curlers, right? I know how much, you know, as a fan of curling and as a curler, how much these major championships mean. So it's, it's cool to, to be a part of the groups that, that put this on um, to try to deliver that so that everyone can have those amazing experiences. Well, and here's obviously the thing about this year. It's really different. <laughs> it's been yeah. saying a lot yeah. over the past 12 months. So, okay, so what's the sequence coming up in Calgary? It's Scotty's starting tomorrow, then Briar. Is it then Mixed Doubles and then Men's World? Is that is that how it's going to play yeah. out? Yeah, Canadian Mixed Doubles right after the Briar and then the, the World Men's. And then uh, well, there's going to be uh, the Grand Slams are going to come in and we're still going to run the health and safety protocols. And they're going to... Uh, they're going to run the field of play and put on two slams once once we're done the world men's. Oh wow! So it's actually six events in a row then, not four. Yeah, four four curling Canada events and then uh, and then two Grand Slam curling events. Oh, so yeah, geez. there's okay. there's going to be six events from uh, starting tomorrow night until until uh, just about the end of April. Okay, and tell me how it's. Um how it's set up i mean do we call it a bubble like we called it a bubble in edmonton and toronto for the for the stanley cup how can you sort of outline it here for the for the average curling fan yeah so i mean we're it is a bubble we're not our hotel's not attached but i mean we have a hotel right across the street it's ours um you know there's all kinds of protocols in terms of wellness checks and testing and um you know security and all that stuff to make sure that the only people in that building are curling people and then even from a broadcast perspective they're all doing the same thing which is amazing um, from our partners at TSN they've been uh, you know they're going to be um, in a bubble as well they've got a whole hotel to themselves it's just the broadcast team in there and everyone's um, you know obviously masked up and and all that stuff and and uh, but yeah it's a uh, it's a curling bubble how did you ultimately go about choosing the teams participating in the Scotties and the Briar? Because I, I, you know, I had Botcher on the show a few weeks ago, and I think it was kind of being determined at that time. What ultimately was the solution? Well, all the member associations, so all the provinces and territories ultimately get to decide their teams. So, I mean, we talked to them in terms of what they were thinking, but, you know, the vast majority of them ended up sending last year's rep if they weren't able to run, um, you know, for, for a few different reasons from, uh, we added two teams this year to go up to, to 18 teams instead of 16. Um, you know, part of it was we normally have a wild card game with a 16 and 17th team, and we looked at it and said, we don't want ever, someone to do all these protocols and come in here and only be here for two days, right? Lose a wild card game Friday night and go home. Um, so we said, we, instead of being exclusive and taking the 17th team out, we thought let's be inclusive and add an 18th team for this year just because. You know, no one's had a chance to play, and and there's uh, you know a lot of good teams. So um, we added a couple extra teams, but the member associations all named named their reps. I think there was two or three of them. I think down east and maybe a couple of territories that played off, 
and, and then obviously our Team Canada's from last year as well. Okay. Well, I, I'm glad this is happening. I mean, I love – this is the time of year where curling is the most interesting to me. I love watching the Scotties and the Briar, and then obviously whoever goes on to, to represent Canada at Worlds always uh, – you know, the fans always rally behind, which is kind of funny, right, because you're, you're yeah. going to be cheering against a guy or a gal who beats your province, and then they put on the Canadian colors, and then everybody's behind that rink. Yep, absolutely. All right. So start – so we got Scott, – so Scotties, we can start following tomorrow already. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, six thirty, six thirty Mountain Time tomorrow night, first game. Okay, did I miss anything that you'd want curling fans to make sure they know, Nolan? No, I think um, you know it's. I think it's just uh, pretty exciting what we're what we're trying to pull off here, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of curling fans are excited, and and you know just just to let them know, like uh, you know, a lot of these athletes have made some pretty big sacrifices to play this uh, week, so. So tune in, cheer them on, and, and be excited because they're excited to play. They um, We started practice today, and they're jacked. The curlers are so excited to curl. So um, hopefully everybody enjoys it. That's all. I do want to ask you one more thing, and no fans. So are you going to do crowd noise or canned reactions or anything like that? No, so we're not going to have canned reactions um, or crowd noise. It's going to be... Um, Hopefully the World Curling Federation doesn't hear this, but I would say it's going to kind of be like a world that isn't played in Canada. Um, so, um, but no, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty quiet in there. Um, the curlers will be uh, will be able to hear themselves cheer, but they won't get that little uh, they won't get that pop when they when they make a big shot. Okay. Well, I, I know what you mean from watching some of those worlds. It makes you wonder why they ever go outside of Canada for some of those events. Anyway, you didn't say that. I did. Nolan, thanks for checking in tonight. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. Thanks for uh, walking us back through some highlights of your career, too. I hope we can do this again. Hope it goes great over the next few weeks, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Doesn't... That is Nolan Thiessen checking in, three-time Briar champ, now with Curling Canada, director of events. So they're doing it in the bubble in Calgary. Scotties, Briar, mixed doubles for Canada, men's worlds, and then the World Curling Tour will have a couple Grand Slam events there. So for you curling fans out there, you're getting your fix over the next couple months. There's not going to be a problem there. It's 720 Inside Sports on Chet. text here asking about online 50-50 for the curling. Oh, well, you're going to like this. Curling Alberta will be hosting an online 50-50 raffle during these events starting tomorrow with the Scotties every day. It's called Curling's Capital Series. So the Scotties runs tomorrow until the 28th. The Briars March 5th to 14th. The Canadian Mixed are March 18th to 25th. 
The men's worlds are April 3rd to 11th, and then there'll be the uh, Humpty's Champions Cup and the Princess Auto Players Championship, part of the Pinty's Grand Slam at dates to be determined. So there's going to be a 50-50 each day that there's competition. <laughs> so so there you go. Uh, online 50-50s have become the cat's meow, the bee's knees, the greatest thing since sliced bread. Which leads me to ask the question, what was the greatest thing before we figured out how to slice bread? But anyway, so yes, uh, there will be online 50-50s. Curling Alberta, so it's through the Curling Alberta website, not Curling Canada. It's through curlingalberta.ca slash 50-50. Tickets each day from 9 in the morning until 10 at night. And of course, there's still going to be the Oilers 50-50 presented by REMAX. On every Oilers game day, we've seen the double-A football team has had a couple of special online 50-50s. They just had one this past Sunday. So if you like 50-50s, and we, we seem to like them more in the West than, than in other parts of the countries, you'll have a lot of options. <laughs> so the curling ones start tomorrow. One ticket for 10 bucks, 60 tickets for 20 200 tickets for, uh, for $50. So there you go. Lots of chances uh, to win if you want to put down a little bit of money. By the way, if if you like uh, trying to win money related to sporting events, we're going to have Kevin Waugh coming up on the show, who's a a member of parliament for Saskatoon Grassland, because he has been uh, pushing this this bill through here. I'm going to get him to to tell the story because he'll be doing it in better detail. But about single event sports betting. In Canada, it had a, uh, I believe it had a second reading earlier in the week and uh, was largely supported. So this would end what is considered by many to be an outdated restriction on single event sports vet betting, which could be worth billions of dollars in the country. So I want to find out where the money is going to go. Could this help pro sports teams? And uh, Kevin, by the way, is a former broadcaster as well. So looking forward to having him on the show next on Inside Sports. Jersey leading Boston 3-2 with 43 seconds left. The Bruins have pulled their goaltender, plus they have a power play. Oh, but they fumble the puck at the blue line. It comes out to center. So the Devils will try to hang on there. Rangers and Flyers 2-2 late in the third. The Penguins have beaten the Islanders 4-1. Maple Leafs ring up the Senators 7-3. Blue Jackets shut out the Predators 3-zip. And late in the second period, Sharks up 2-1 on the Blues. And about halfway through the first period, Kings leading the Coyotes 1-0 on a goal. Oh, Kempe just scored. Brown and Kempe, so it's 2-0 for the Kings now. Wild and Ducks still to come. And the Sabres beat the Cap... Uh, the Sab- uh, my goodness, the Capitals beat the Sabres 3-1 as the Sabres fall to 4-7-2 and on the season. Basketball, Raptors cruising tonight up 83-68 on the Bucks with 40 seconds left. In the third quarter, Powell leading the way this evening. Uh, Lowry's not playing, by the way. Uh, Sprained uh, thumb issue for him. Powell has 24 points. Siakam, 22. And Van Vliet has 15. Oilers and Flames tomorrow. Optional practice today for the Oilers. Tomorrow's game in Calgary starts at 7. Our uh, coverage on 6.30, Chad, will begin with the face-off show at uh, 5.30. Well, really interesting here to have this uh, next guest on the show. 
because it's my experience that uh, people listen to inside sports, specifically emanating out of Edmonton, uh, because it is a sports show, so they get to escape from talking about politics. And let's face it, if you're an Edmonton sports fan, you're not probably not a fan of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So I introduce to you tonight a politician from Saskatchewan. He's he's an MP for the Conservative Party of Canada for Saskatoon Grassland. It is Kevin Waugh on the show. Kevin, how are you doing, sir? Well, real good, Reed, and it's good to... Uh you know, bring you an update from the House of Commons on the most exciting bill I think that we will uh, see in the House of Commons this year outside of, of maybe the MAID C7, uh, the medical assistant in dying, which comes to the House uh, tomorrow, or rather next week. But of course, this one uh, is now a private member's bill. 218 is today the Liberals withdrew their bill on single game betting of C13. So that means. Uh, uh, I'm all by myself here, and <laughs> we got to get this thing passed in the House of Commons and the Senate, and it's up to me now, uh, the private member's way to get this through the House and make it become law. Okay. Well, I want to talk to you about that, and thanks for uh, for rolling with my intro because I wanted to have a little bit of fun. But did yeah. I get your riding by the right? By the way, is it grassland or grass wood? Yeah, Grasswood. Uh, Grasswood, sorry about that. Yeah, okay. we're on the south end of the city. Anyone in Edmonton area that drives by on the Yellowhead knows it's 8th Street South. So, uh, former sports guy at CTV for 40-plus years, turned politician in 2015, and then all of a sudden, uh, the private member bill, I get number seven slot, and lo and behold, this falls in my lap. <laughs> okay, I want to ask you first, uh, because I, I do want to kind of delve into the, the sports betting scene in Canada. What, what, what prompted you to make the transition from broadcasting to politics? Well, Reed, as you know, um, when you reach 40 years at a place, uh, you start looking over your shoulder. <laughs> when are they coming for me, right? Um, I've been there a long time, and as you know, in the city here, um, we used to have radio, and they sold that in uh, 1992, so I stayed with the television station. And I just decided, I, you know, I've always wanted to be a politician. I actually... The station granted me, um, you know, for 10 years, I was a school board trustee, Ward 9 here in Saskatoon. And then I also served provincially on the Saskatchewan school boards. And I knew it was a way for me to get out of the broadcasting end of it because, you know, you, you hear the whispers, you're still there. I mean, God, you, you've been there for years, decades. I grew up with you, you know, all that stuff. And um, so you kind of have to have an exit plan. And, you know, uh, that was my exit plan that one day um, maybe I can be an MP for the riding of Saskatoon Grasswood. And lo and behold, uh, I had a shot at it. In 2015, I won the nomination and then uh, won the election back then and uh, got reelected in 2019. And they say the rest is history. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks for that. Good. Good for you. Uh, you know, awesome. Uh, awesome. What you're doing here. So tell me before we before we get into what you want to happen. I'm hoping you can tell me because I feel like I have a general idea, but I think you'll be able to explain it way better because I know there are outlets for sports betting in Canada. So how would you describe what, how we can currently bet on, on sports in Canada? 
Well, it's only through in the Western provinces here, Reed, as you know, the Western Canada Lottery Corporation in Leduc looks after Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and the territories. So it's pro-line sports. Uh, so when you go pick up your sports select, um, you have to bet a parlay. You, in this case, in Western Canada, you have to bet two or three or four games, and that's called a parlay betting. So for an example, tomorrow night, you cannot bet one game, the Edmonton Oilers, to beat Calgary. You would have to pick Edmonton and another team to cash a ticket. And so that has been going on for decades here in uh, Canada. Uh, so, you know, things changed in 2018. New Jersey uh, state in the United States challenged the Supreme Court, uh, saying that, you know, Vegas, Nevada, isn't the only place that should be gaming in the United States, and they won it in 2018. And that kind of changed everything because uh, New Jersey, uh, two years ago, uh, after they won the Supreme Court uh, decided to have single game betting and uh, it's exploded as you know in the states anybody listening to radio or TV now will have the ads continuously FanDuel and you know DraftKings and uh, Score Media and so on so it's exploded and Canada is kind of behind um, you know we've had this bill single game betting come to the House of Commons a couple of times through the NDP uh, once it did kind of get through the House and then uh, it, it was stalled in the Senate and then uh, as latest as uh, 20 uh, I think it was about 2016 2017 Brian Massey from Windsor tried to get the bill through the House and it failed miserably the Liberals had a majority then and uh, they voted the bill down and then uh, up I come seventh overall in the private members picking this time and uh, the party because of my background of sports and and I think they were getting a lot of pressure our party from provincial leaders like maybe Jason Kenney, Scott Moe, along with Doug Ford, conservative premiers, that this was a way that they could generate extra revenue provincially and because they could see that you know, uh, the reduction uh, in Canada of betting through ProLine or Sports Select was coming way down. And there was a reason for that, where people were going offshore on Bodog and Bet365 and, and so on. And uh, that was the reason. People, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's, as you know, Reed, you've been around sports as long as uh, anyone. It's hard to pick winners. I just heard the scores. Who knew the boss? and was going to lose tonight to New Jersey. Um, but, you know, that's sports. Um, and it's hard enough to win one game, let alone two or three or four on a parlay. So that's the, the history of this. And in Canada, there's been a big move by the Canadian Gaming Association to level the playing field, bring it into the casinos in Windsor and Niagara Falls, especially, where across the border now in Michigan and New York, you can bet single game uh, games at a casino, where you, of course, can't do that here in Canada. You can only go legally, sports select, and you need a parlay situation. Okay, Kevin Wad joining us. He's the uh, member of Parliament for Saskatoon Grasswood, telling you about single sports betting. So when when is, is like is the vote? And I'm sorry if you mentioned this already, but is the vote yeah. imminent, or when could this actually take effect here? 
Well, we had second reading vote yesterday in the House of Commons of my bill, um, C-218. And I didn't know how it was going. I knew I needed 170 votes. I knew I had in my back pocket from the opposition, the bloc, the NDP and the Conservatives. I knew I had roughly about 155 votes. And, you know, throughout this whole affair, even though the Liberals had C-13, they kind of stole some of my thunder in November. They took over my bill, but added a protection for horse racing, where mine doesn't. And uh, long story short, I decided to not take mine off, uh, my private member's bill off the docket, and it stayed there. And then uh, about 10 days ago, uh, we had our final reading, and and then that means you have a vote. And uh, so the vote was, uh, if you get successful on this vote, it would go to the Justice Committee for study. And yesterday, uh, much to my surprise, uh, 155 Liberals voted with me. And so I crushed it. It was 303 yeas and only 15 nays. So uh, the bill passed. It's going to committee now of justice. And at 4 o'clock this morning, I was at work on the phones with our shadow uh, minister, Rob Moore, out of Halifax. And we now are going to bring it forward in the Justice Committee next Tuesday. So oh, wow. I could, get, yeah, I mean, I got lucky. Uh, they're not doing any legislation in the Justice Committee, and they've opened it up for me. And we're going to have at least Tuesday and Thursday next week. And, um, you know, if I, I think they're going to need maybe three meetings, four of two-hour meetings, and um, I could get this thing out of the Justice Committee back in the House of Commons for a vote on third reading. I think I could get that in March, if not early April, and then shoot it off to the Senate for approval. Okay, so maybe later this year we could actually have this in place then. Oh, I think uh, if the Senate, uh, you know, they seem to bog stuff down. I mean, the concern, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the concern in the Senate is, um, you know, private members' business gets uh, bogged down where government bills get priority. Uh, But I beat the Liberals, and they've supported my bill. And today in the House of Commons, they pulled their bill, C-13. So they're solidly behind me. But now I need everyone to phone a senator and say, look, uh, single-game betting is long overdue in this country, and it's up to you when it comes to the Red Chamber to make sure it it passes, uh, do your your due diligence, amendments if you need, and send it back to the House of Commons. I am hoping, Reid, and this is just me, that we can get it late May, early June, and that, uh, you know, we'll have a chance to do Major League Baseball. But in particular, uh, you know, the Edmonton football team and the CFL needs help. We all know that. And if I can get it passed by June, uh, you know, maybe some of the lottery corporations will spend more with the CFL teams and help them out that way because we all know it was a rough 2020 for them. Okay. Yeah, well, for sure. Okay, so and would is there a benefit then? For yep. for NF or sorry NHL and CFL teams, if if people you know gamble, basically, does anything wind up with the organizations? 
No, um, you know, Reed, I've got letters from all five commissioners of, you know, baseball, soccer, uh, NFL, CFL, and the NBA supporting my bill. They want gaming regulated in the country. They know right now we're seeing at least $14 billion leave Canada illegally. Four billion through websites offshore, like Bodog and so on, and at least ten million through organized crime. And uh, so the NHL and NBA and so on would like the, uh, the sports betting to be regulated. Um, my bill gives full authority to the provinces, so the Alberta province will have a decision to make if they want to go with single-game betting, and then, you know, the proceeds, where does this go, Reed? Um, in Saskatchewan here, we, you know, the culture, sports culture and recreation ministers in the past decades have given a lot of money to sports, culture, and recreation in small communities and communities all over the province. They give millions of dollars away through the lottery corporation. Well, single-game betting is going to be a different story because bigger numbers are going to be bet. We know that. I've encouraged the provincial ministers uh, to put more money aside for addiction gambling. Uh, we know it's going to be a problem. It is now in the country, and we're not doing a lot uh, to curb it. So, you know, addictions are uh, are on the uprise. We know that, whether it's opiates or drugs or gambling or whatever it is, drinking. Um, I, I want some of this money, and I have no authority over it. It's still run by the provincial governments, but I certainly want because they're going to get a windfall out of this. Um, they're going to get a substantial increase in revenue from the lotteries on single-game betting. And I hope some of it is used for addictions in each province. Okay. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was going to ask you, you know, how you respond to people who, you know, there are, you know, and I, I even hear it sometimes too when I do segments like this, people who aren't yeah. comfortable with gambling or think it leads to addictions or, uh, you know, tough situations for people. So y- you address that as well. Well, Kevin, thanks for outlining this. I, I do think the majority of my uh, audience will support this though and, and find it interesting. So good for you for uh, pushing it through. I appreciate you, you, you coming on the show. Uh, your name, I, I, uh, I've heard a lot in the past, though we obviously have never had the chance to talk. So I appreciate you checking in tonight. And, uh, yeah, keep Dave and I updated on how this goes. Very good work. I sure will, Reed. I followed your career. Um, did you not work in Lloyd or Prince Albert at one time? Yeah, I worked in Lloyd Minster for, uh, from yeah. 2000 to 2007. And in the summer yeah. of 1999, you're going to like this, Kevin. I was the practicum student for Jay Onright, R.J. Broadhead, and Derek yep, Bidwell at Global, at Global Saskatoon. Global. I know. So I, I, I was just going to bring that up. Isn't this a small world? Because as soon as I said Reed Wilkins, I know him from Lloyd Minster uh, because I watched you quite a bit there uh, when I went fishing in the summer, and I have a lot of friends in Lloyd that really appreciated the work that you did in Lloyd Minster and Ariel. Well, I'm happy to hear that. That was that was a great time. Kevin, thanks yeah. a lot for checking in. Really appreciate thanks, the update. Okay, anytime. Take care. That is Kevin Waugh checking in, MP for Saskatoon Grasswood, and he's uh, pushing it through with a bill to have single-game sports betting here in Canada. As he said, right now you got to do uh, a parlay, and uh, you know he believes this would keep $14 billion 
uh, in Canada, as opposed to, uh, you know, doing, going to illegal betting or going to other jurisdictions. I'm glad we got that update for sure. 780-496-0063 is how you can check in tonight back after the break. James H. Brown for coming on board. We had Trent Brown on the show last week. That was uh, really entertaining. We'll have to welcome him to the show again in the near future. Oilers Flames tomorrow. Jeff Ward, the coach of the Flames, unhappy with his team's performance. Matthew Kachuk says, yeah, we, we got to prove something to our coach over the next two games. Yeah, probably. I think that and there's no better opportunity to do that against uh, your biggest rival here. Um, we're going to get up for this game. It's going to be impossible not to. Friday night with a back-to-back on Saturday in their place. I mean, this is a huge moment in our season for us. And um, I think we have to, to show to one another that we're going to be ready from the first drop of the puck. And uh, if we do that, we're going to be happy with the result. But um, got to play hard, have to play physical. I think we got, you know, one of the staples of our game too is, um, you know, being hard on the other team's top guys, being physical. I think we got away from that um, as the last series of Vancouver went on. We let some of their guys off the hook. Um, so we have to, to to be hard on, and we know we obviously know everything uh, about Edmonton. We played them a bunch before, and uh, we know kind of who their uh, their engines are on their team. So we have to make sure that we're doing everything we can to to play hard against them and, and to try to come out of here with uh, with a good result after these next, uh, I guess what like next seventy two hours or something. So um, this these next uh, few games will show a lot. And uh, it'll tell us a lot about ourselves and what we have and and where we're trending. There is the ever-beloved Matthew Kachuk. Final look at the scoreboard. Devils did beat the Bruins 3-2 the final. Rangers get by the Flyers 3-2. That one decided in a shootout. Penguins over the Islanders 4-1. Maple Leafs win again 7-3 over the Senators. Austin Matthews with a couple of goals now has 16 on the season. Might be able to get 50 in just a 56-game season. Columbus shuts out the Predators who are having a tough go. 3-0 the final. Early in the third, San Jose leads St. Louis 2-1. And after the first, the Kings up 2-0 on the Coyotes. Wild and Ducks will face off in about 10 minutes and the Raptors up 96 83 on Milwaukee with five and a half minutes to go in the fourth tomorrow. Bob Stoffer as Oilers now from noon to two. I'll join you for the face-off show at five 30. The game Oilers and flames will start at seven. Dave Campbell's the producer of inside sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.